happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode here of the Side Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts, Norman Desai, joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the Side Guys, Mr. Tad Desai. And Tad, I can't make the jokes anymore. It seems like your hair is starting was... to grow in a little bit more, so it doesn't look as bad now. Oh, see, I think this is just an excuse. I think you ran out of references. Yeah, I could have gone some other things. I could have gone, uh, you know, late 2000s Ryan Gosling. Um, I could have eh, gone... too niche. Yeah, still, I could have gone there. Um... Could have gone Christian Bale in American History X. No, sorry. Ed Norton, no, 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 Ed Norton. I get yeah. that. See, last time I got a buzz cut, not this time, but last time, uh, I got that one a lot because of the beard. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. there's a few other I got, but like I said, it's growing on me now. So it's, it's like, yeah. it's like a week away from being like peak level. There you go. Exactly. So yeah, ne- you, next yeah, time I'm going to go five. There you go. That, I think that I think that would be perfect there. So yeah. Usually when you get your haircut, you usually give it like about a week, maybe a week and a half, and that's when it's like, oh yeah, this looks yeah. great. Yeah. So, no, I can't wait. I can't wait. I get you. I get you. And Tad, I'm pretty sure there's something else that you just can't wait for. And I know it doesn't necessarily start until the Labor Day weekend, but college football kicks off this We're weekend. Close. As We're of recording, close. it is kicking off this weekend. Actually, our LAFE Network's own, the USC Trojans, will be playing their first game against my alumni school, my alma mater, San Jose State. So, I mean, that should be good Not for good. USC. I mean, yeah, just, yeah. I don't know what to expect yeah. from San Jose State. Hopefully, you know, they just don't get shut out. That's what I was <clears> telling uh, our good friend Alfred Rowe, show, uh, friend of the podcast here. He's obviously former USC Trojan himself, does the Salute Detroit podcast on LFB Network. And uh, yeah, I was like, what do you expect for this game? He was like, I don't think you guys are going to win. No, <laughs> I was no. like, I don't either. But I was just like, hopefully we don't get shit out. So yeah, we'll see how the game goes out. But like I said, college football is actually happening this week. It's, it's here. I mean, I'm just a couple of weeks away. <clears throat> I mean, you know, not so humble shout out, but my birthday is just a week away. And I didn't want to do anything to celebrate. And my friends were like, you need to do something to celebrate. I was like, fine, we'll just celebrate during the Colorado game because it's that close right, is the right. weekend after my birthday. So mm-hmm. TCU, Colorado, you know, I'm going to be turned for that one. There you go. Turnt, lit, whatever the kids are saying now, mid. I don't think they're I will not be mid. I will not be mid. Yeah, I know what that one mid. means. Don't be mid, but I don't think they're saying turn anymore. I think that they're not uh, saying turn anymore. Damn. I think that one's past. Yeah, yeah. See, all my kids do is talk behind my back while I'm, you know, writing on the whiteboard, so I can't there hear what go. they're saying anymore. Yeah, yeah. That's Damn, it. Thing. Damn it. Um, but Tad, obviously, with the college football season kicking off this weekend, you know, unofficially, officially, however you want to label it, there, um, it sort of brings to attention that the 2024 NFL draft season is now in. Yeah, play it is. As well, yeah, it is. So obviously before the season begins, we definitely want to give a quick preview as far as just some guys to sort of keep your eyes on as far as like, you know, they could be, you know, good performers. We're going to talk about some, you know, defensive guys, some offensive guys, some group of five prospects as well. And, you know, possibly some guys that can enter the conversation as far as being potential, you know, first round, first half of the first round type of players that they may not start there, but they may finish there for sure. So, I mean, we're going to give you a lot of different names we're not going to go deep diving into any of these guys is very much just surface level as the season progresses as we are the college football uh, the college football preview like draft guys now along with the fans football stuff we'll be sprinkling in some of this draft content throughout the season too that's what we'll be diving further into some of these prospects some other prospects as well and of course once the football season is over that's when we go full in to 
2024 NFL draft stuff. So, I mean, Tad, this today's well, episode is probably very exciting for you. <laughs> well, it's exciting for two reasons. Of course, we're talking draft stuff, which is also very exciting, but you just kind of leaked a major announcement. We are now changing our name to the Decide Guys College Football Preview Draft Guys episode or uh, uh, show. Oh, man, you really <laughs> I, so I finally had a shot. I finally had a shot. You pulled it. You totally pulled a Daniel Jones open touchdown falling because of the turf. That was just Sean Jackson. I was running straight in that end zone. And I just threw it at the two yard line. Oh my gosh. Damn yeah. it. You had it, dude. Damn Man, it. You had it. I, I, I cannot wait to watch this replay. Cause I think you can see my eyes light up. Yes. On that. No, I'm pretty like, sure you, yes. you were like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then, yeah, you just, I'm sorry, buddy. Yeah, that I was my a good life. chance. You had a good chance there. Just totally. That's okay. It will be another that. two years. And then I'll get my second chance. <laughs> Uh, we'll see. We'll see. You never know. It could happen sooner than later. But as we talked about, we definitely want to get into some college football preview with our draft special today. Uh, we're going to get into a lot of prospects as we talked about. But, Tad, I think we need to kick off today's show specifically talking about two prospects in particular playing the same position. There's a lot of talk about who's going to go number one, who's going to go right after him. And that is of course the two quarterbacks in discussion here, Caleb Williams from USC, the reigning Heisman trophy winner and Drake may the quarterback from North Carolina. So Tad, I think it'd be fun here. If we sort of just discuss here, I think Tad, you sort of have a little bit of a controversial take that, you know, obviously with this discussion here, but let's, let's sort of discuss both these guys here and sort of see just, Overall, who can be that guy who could sort of separate from the other and sort of be that number one overall selection as far as the quarterback's concerned? Obviously, you know, it's probably looking like Arizona will be the number one pick. Will they move on from we'll Kyle Murray? Remember we'll last year, who did everyone think? No one predicted, um, not Houston. Who, who trade was it Houston that traded to Carolina? No, Chicago and Carolina. Chicago. No one predicted Chicago having the first overall pick. That's true. Like, first overall also, pick. Tad, you brought it up, but Houston screwed it up. They had a chance to have the That's right. That's what – God. And they – Lovey Smith decided I, to win that final game and, I don't know, decided to screw over his former franchise. I don't know what it was. But, yeah, that's how they ended up with the second overall pick. Otherwise, they probably would have had the first overall pick. He already had it because he's such an awesome coach. But Lovey Smith earned my internal respect for that. Like Maybe I, he's trying to help his former team in Chicago. Like I really have no idea. I, what I his don't know. Motivation don't know. there was, but yeah, they won that final game, which is how they ended up with the second overall pick as opposed to the first overall pick. But yeah, you're exactly right, Ted. We really don't know how the season is going to shake up in the NFL here in 2023. But like I said, just based on the talent level, it's looking like Arizona will probably be in that top sure. half there. They'll be in the running. I, I'm leaning towards they'll probably be that first overall selection. So will they go quarterback there? It's hard to say. But if a different team decides to trade up with them, obviously they could get some more draft capital. So another team could get it there to take a quarterback first overall. But yeah, let's just let's just dive right into the discussion here, Tad. Just obviously, who do you like more? Let's just ask that question right there. And just why do you like that said quarterback more? I think the only reason you were bringing this up is because you want Al Rowe to snipe me from a bell tower. Of course, um, because you know well, he's yeah. already ripped me oh because God. they're probably gonna take San Jose State to school, literally. Um, so I gotta get some sort of like you know semblance of some coping here, so that like you deal with some of the uh, oh, you know the heat some, instead of me. <laughs> um, so for our listeners and viewers, um, the last time I brought up this take, Al literally put our podcast up on his big screen TV 
just so you could listen to it. And it raged on me for about, I don't know, like four hours. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to stick with it though. So <laughs> in, in terms of, well, I'll clarify it here. Cause I don't think I did very good. I, I, I did listen back on that episode and I, I think I did make it a little too confrontational between Caleb Williams and Drake may of like, well, this one's clearly better. They're both good. They're both amazing. Okay. I'm not saying Caleb Williams is bad. I'm just saying I like Drake may a little bit more. And here's why is Caleb in mostly goes into skill set and size. So Drake may is standing at, I really hate these college measurements. We need a, we need to govern this somehow. Screw NIL. I don't care what's going on with that. We need to find a way to govern how they're weighed and how they're measured. I looked up a player that we were going to talk or I'm going to talk about later on. He came in at 5'10 on his Wikipedia page. He's actually 6'4. Yeah, I, I I don't understand it either. Like this is sort of what you sort of get that misconstrued information. But obviously, once we actually get into draft season, we get to the combine and sort of the pro days and all this stuff, you get more accurate measurements as far as people's uh, height and weight is concerned. So I mean, these are rough numbers, but clearly it looks rough like numbers. We, so we just wants to obviously. So so yeah, so think of the greatest of people. Exactly. So Drake May stands six uh, four, around you know two fifteen, two twenty, two ten. Somewhere in that range. So he just has that, you know, um, physicality, that that physical, frankly, for lack of a better word, body to withstand NFL hits compared to Caleb Williams. Now, I'll touch more on that later, but let's talk more about Drake May because I think that's the biggest thing. It's like I don't want to do the whole like Drake May compared to Caleb Williams. Let's just talk Drake because if I told you these stats just off the bat – like you'd be like, of course this guy's gonna go first overall. So uh, he had 45 total touchdowns and really his first full year as a starter last year and only seven interceptions. So that was um this stat blew my mind. That was also done behind one of the worst offensive lines in college football. Pro Football Focus ranked uh, UNC's offensive line as the 76th best. And college yeah, football last year. Good. That that's dude got all. pressured more than <laughs> most people, like most major program uh, quarterbacks do in two seasons. And yet he did not turn over the ball that often. And so I think you look at what he does as a passer. He had 97.5 deep passer rating. And here's a crazy stat for you, Mer, And I, I'm going to go briefly back to the Caleb versus Drake May thing. Okay. Drake May had 45 big time throws, according to Pro Football Focus. Uh, you know what? Let's play it. Over under for Caleb Williams, 15 big time throws. I'm gonna say under. You are correct. Wow, you're yeah. getting better. You're <laughs> slowly, you're I'm learning. Slowly. slowly but surely, you are killing this game. But well, I'll also say that helped because I did notes on both players as well, so I kind of okay, remember fair. that one. So that's. Fair. Kind of cheated a little there. <laughs> no, that's fair. So, yes, Caleb Williams only had 10 big-time throws, which is still good. Don't get me wrong. But that's kind of my whole – Dad, really quick, do you have the definition of a big-time throw for our listeners the and viewers definition out there? is – I don't have the exact definition, but roughly okay. a big-time throw is any connected pass over 35 yards that has okay. some metric of accuracy. So, basically, Got it's it. not like, oh, this receiver made a crazy catch. That does not benefit that stat. It is like, okay, okay is a good throw pass – uh, some X amount of yards, which is definitely more than 20. Um, okay. So okay. another thing though, is and so many people are saying this and all the scouting reports and everything I'm reading, and they're not 
wrong. But okay. they're also not right where they say this is pocket passer versus scrambler. Kind of. But I feel like that's really pigeonholing, um, frankly, both of them. Caleb Williams is not just a scrambler. He is a very good thrower as well. And on the flip side of that, Drake May is not just a, um, a pocket passer. Who, like, I feel like when people say that, like, oh, he's a pocket passer, you imagine like a, a Peyton Manning or a uh, um, Philip Rivers or someone like that who could barely move in the pocket, maybe a Tom Brady. Um, I'm sure that's about to trigger a lot of people. But – my point being I is to find him as a pocket passer. 100%. You, would, you would, but then you get all these idiots being like, but his rushing stats, his rushing touchdown numbers. Those were all QB sneaks. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> point being though, is Drake Bay is also a really good runner. He yeah. rushed for just under 700 yards last year. And like I said, 38 passing touchdowns, seven rushing touchdowns. If I did my math correct, that is 45 total touchdowns. Did I do my math, uh, my math, right. Yeah, you got that right. Whoa, upset alert there. So my entire point being is I think that Drake May is just as good as Caleb Williams. So why do I give him the nod? It is their play style, and it is this size. So Caleb Williams, I'm not even joking. I looked this up. Is and Again, these are the school measurements. So chances are he's going to come in a little under on all of these. He is 6'1", which is the same height as Lamar Jackson. He is 215, which is just five pounds lower than Lamar Jackson. He is more of a runner. He's not just a runner, but he is more of a runner than Drake May is, which means that I have major durability concerns for him. This I know people are moving towards the scrambling quarterbacks, but think about Mahomes. Think about Allen. Think about guys like that. Those are the guys that tend to last throughout the entire season, and they are not run-first quarterbacks or run-heavy. I'll say that run heavy quarterback. So the only reason I'm giving may the nod over Williams is durability concerns. I think if you, and that's why I don't think Carolina or Carolina, I don't think well, that would be a real upset. Uh, <laughs> I don't think Arizona is going to take Caleb Williams. If he is there, cause they are basically just landing themselves in the same trap. They just got out of with Kyler Murray, never being healthy. I just, I, I have major durability concerns about Caleb Williams. I think he's a great quarterback. I think if we can stay healthy, he's going to make me look like a fucking moron. But I have high, high doubts on that former part. Everything you said makes a ton of sense. I think there's no argument there. there um, that's what makes a good podcast. <laughs> but I think what I sort of am leaning towards, and maybe a lot of other people are leaning towards, is just that while Drake May is not going to be sort of in that class of being a pocket passer, that is where he is most gifted at. Because one of the things that I've sort of seen with the brief tape that I've seen, obviously we're going to dive into it a little bit further as the mm -hmm. season prolong prolongs here, is that when he's out of the pocket and he needs to throw on the run or he needs to sort of be a sort of mobile quarterback as well, like I said, be a mobile quarterback. So not just running, but mobile in a sense that throwing the ball down the field. That's where his accuracy sort of dips a lot. So that's where sort of Caleb Williams sort of gets that advantage, where it's like you're saying, he's a little bit more of a scrambler. Yeah. He can make every sort of off-platform throw. If he gets the time in the pocket, he could dice you up that way. If he needs to move outside the pocket and throw on the run, throw a bootleg, whatever it is, he is still very gifted at that aspect as well. So when you have that sort of improvisation in your quarterback, that sort of gives your offense an extra element. Now, Exactly like you said, if he's weighing sort of around the same measurables as Lamar Jackson, those durability concerns definitely concern me because, yeah, with that improvisation, 
Now you're being more susceptible to defenders coming out, laying on those cheap hits or whatever. They don't always get called. Sometimes they do, but they don't always get called. I know sort of like a lot of people argue that they've been a little bit more generous with the roughing the passer calls in the NFL, but there are a lot of times that defenders can push them and sort of get away with some of these rougher shots. Sir, if you're beyond the line of scrimmage. (laughs) Exactly. That too, especially if you're running that way. So I 100% agree with that. So, but... I think just you sort of need to take that because we saw this with Russell Wilson a lot too, where it's in his prime in Seattle. We'll see what happens with Sean Payton here at Denver. But when he was in prime in Seattle, he was able to sort of get out of the pocket. He was able to scramble around. He's able to make these plays that all of a sudden move Seattle down the field like 40 or 50 yards because of, like you said, those sort of big plays. Now, I know you sort of said there's a certain metric as far as how open the wide receiver is, but the fact that he's able to buy that much time and get the ball down the field to a receiver to sort of make these plays open, that gives your offense a lot more momentum. It gets the crowd behind you if you're playing at home, obviously. It just sort of sparks your offense to sort of like, okay, we got this guy who's willing to do whatever it takes, hold on to the ball a little bit longer to make plays. So, that's what I sort of like Caleb Williams a little bit more, just the fact that he's got that improvisational sort of skill set. He's got the durability concerns, but I also want to say that he's got a lot of grit too, because you have to remember in that yeah. very last game of the season last okay. year. Okay, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. I, sorry, no, finish your, fin- go ahead, sorry. <laughs> I can't remember I have a rant was. about this. I want to say it was either the bowl game or it was the Pac-12 championship game. It was the Pac-12 championship game. I know exactly where you're going with this. Okay, but he obviously hurt his knee, and he was sort of kicking off the sideline. He was limping, but he was able to grit through that entire game, and he definitely showed a lot of effort, almost pulling USC all the way back to win that game, obviously. But ultimately, they unfortunately fell short there. But just that sort of speaks to the fact that it's like, if you're sort of saying that he has durability concerns, he's able to play through it and play in sort of these high-leverage situations where you need your quarterback out there. He's not going to pull a Jake Cutler in the NFC Championship game and not show up for your team. So we'll see exactly what happens here throughout this entire career. But just everything that I've sort of seen with Caleb Williams, just like I said, just the improvisation aspect, you know, just being able to make any throw that he wants, the mobility aspect, he can run when he needs to. And just like you said, like you're sort of pitching, uh, people are pitching Holy Drake May as sort of that pocket passer and Caleb Williams as a scrambler. Well, he's not really that much of a scrambler. Can I do he make plays with these legs? That's a, that's a great point. Can he make plays with his legs? Absolutely. But I sort of liked in this to sort of like a Russell Wilson or a Deshaun Watson where it's like they want to dice you up in the pocket, but their offensive lines were not all that great. You look at USC's offensive line. They were not all that great. They lost three starters heading into the 2023 season. So we're going to see how they're going to hold up for Drake, uh, Caleb Williams, excuse me, this season as well. So it's like, will he be able to sort of be that improvisation guy and be able to make the same plays that he was last season that won him a Heisman trophy. So that's sort of a little bit concerning for sure is the durability there and the improvisation there. But, Overall, it's like I really like Drake Bay, but I think I'm almost falling in love with Caleb Williams. Is he related to Michael Bay? <laughs> Drake May, my mistake there. Finally! <laughs> yes! Said, it may happen sooner than you think. So. <laughs> um, no, I agree with you. I think – and look, I mean that's probably going to be the title of this video is you know, uh, Caleb Williams versus Drake May. And I think we're just so used to seeing that stuff in like you know boxing matches and stuff that – one has to be the winner. One has to be the loser. Not really. Look at the – what was that? The 04 draft with uh, Eli, Phillip, and uh, Big Ben. I mean all of those guys worked out. So it's yep. not like you can – you know, it's not just because there's a controversy at the top of who's better. It means they're all the – one's going to suck. One's going to rock. I really do think, like I said, exactly what, and like you said as well, is Caleb Williams is also getting pigeonholed as a rusher. And – 
I think that there, there's a very good chance both these guys work out. It, and and plus, like I'm going way back to the beginning of this episode, it may just come down to who's picking first. What system yep. are they going to go into? That may be the ultimate decider. And if Caleb Williams was, that's a big ass, but if he was three to five inches taller, put on another 10 pounds, I would be all aboard the Caleb Williams train. I think Caleb Williams is more talented. I think Drake May is slightly less talented, but more built for the game. I think the one thing, and we'll sort of close the conversation here because obviously we need to wait for the entire season to play out to see how they can separate from each other. But one thing that I'll sort of like give as a negative to Caleb Williams as well is just that we've seen quarterbacks under Lincoln Riley back at Oklahoma, and now we're sort of seeing it here Mm -hmm. at USC. So is he going to follow that trend of your Baker Mayfields, of your Kyler Murrays, you know, of those types of quarterbacks where it's like they look good at times, but based on where they went in the draft, it's sort of like, did the expectations meet what you're sort of expect? Well, did you beat the expectations by drafting this guy number one overall? And that's sort of where we're trending with Caleb Williams. So it's like, is it a product of the system or is this guy really going to buck that trend and be the guy that everybody is sort of seeing out there? So that's the one thing I'll throw out there with Caleb Williams. So we'll see exactly how it all plays out there. But just, yeah, I think like you said, Ted, it's just depending on which type of quarterback you like more, both these guys are going to be stars at the next level, I think. I agree. I think, uh, yeah. I mean, they're both really good. There's no need. And I mean, they're not the only two in this class either. Like this, oh. this is, yeah. this honest guy, like I, it was funny. I was, I was thinking back to last year's draft right before we went uh, live and thank you for this vote confidence, Chauncey, but Chauncey said not in us, but in the draft where, you know, you and I are really excited. It's the first live stream we're leading. And Chauncey goes, I feel like this draft is kind of boring. <laughs> Like, <laughs> that's the way to kickstart it of course like, thanks man um <laughs> well but, in fairness right. has definitely said many times that he is not a draft expert by any means so that was just sure. his opinion sure. <laughs> everyone's entitled to one um but i think that okay if you thought last year was boring this year is so insanely talented like i i oh my god april cannot get here soon enough partially because that means the school year is almost over <laughs> For you, for sure. And Ted, so obviously we stopped our conversation here temporarily about Drake May, Caleb Williams, quarterbacks to an extent here. But let's sort of get into a lot of these other players, because like you said, this class should definitely be a lot more exciting than last year's class. So, I mean, let's start here, Ted, just offensive skill guys. So, you know, your uh, your running backs, your wide receivers, your tight ends. So just like who are some guys that you think could be top level guys that you think are just going to be really good? And just who are some sleepers that may sneak into the conversation as being some late round steals? Okay, so apologies if I mispronounce this. Ohio State fans, please do not come after me. Marvin Harson Jr.? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Obviously, you and I are not going to touch on Marvin Harrison Jr. He's good. Yeah. Everybody in the world yeah. knows that, so Fair. we're not going to yep. waste you know, showtime talking about that. But, and this is actually where I apologize if I mispronounce this, uh, Emeka uh, Abuka? Abuka? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Got that one right there that's going to be a struggle for me all season. But yeah. I mean, the only look, time right. if he, if Marvin Harrison jr. Wasn't there Harrison, excuse me. Um, if he wasn't, I, uh, that's going to be a running joke now. So bad. It's good. <laughs> but anyway, is, is like this guy, I was shocked because I kind of, not that his stats are bad, but I kind of saw his stats. I'm like, okay, they're good, but they're not like blowing me away. What's the hype with this guy? I'm like, Oh, you're a monster. Once I started watching this tape, like that dude for a six, one receiver is way too physical. Like he, that he should not be that aggressive, but he is. And somehow he lasts 
Like he has very little injury history. And what I love the most about him is like, he has all the attributes there as well. And I'm going to do this a couple times. I swear to God, I'm not doing this on purpose, but you know, Ohio state receiver wearing number two kind of reminded me of a more physical Chris Olave. Okay. Slower too. He's a little slower than Chris Olave. He were Olave ran like what, like a four, three or something like that. And, um, uh, Buka. Got it right. Double E. You know what? That's what I'm going to call him. Double E. Double E ran uh, a 4-4, reportedly. So I love him. I think that he is – in any other draft that was less talented, he'd be a lot more top 10 pick. Now it's a little bit of a question. The other guy uh, at the – what I will call the top, and the reason I'm putting it in quotes is because I'm going – I'm double dipping at receiver, is there is – okay, so there's uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, Ibuka, and for the number three spot, there's like a six man race. As the same, a lot right of guys in the picture the there. Yep. It is crazy. This is the man I think who's going to win. Troy Franklin, the receiver out of Oregon. Okay. Okay. The, I watch him. He is, and I try to stay away from this word as much as possible, but it just it fits him too well. He is very raw, but he has the hands and he has the body control. Where I'm like, okay. This dude's in it, and he's standing at 6'3", 170, so he's got the size, too. He needs to add a little bit of bulk, but he can do it. Plus, I think his stats with Bo Nix this year are just going to be ridiculous. So I really like Troy Franklin the more I look at him. The biggest uh, you know, word I have for him is just pure upside. Um, for sleepers, I got uh, – and I this, this is the name I'm going to bring up later, and this is also the name of the man who gave me a goddamn near heart attack. Uh, at the Fiesta Bowl. His name is Donovan Edwards. He is the other the other running back at Michigan. That guy is so damn good. And he is and here's what we're it, it's not a perfect comparison, I'll admit, but he reminds me a lot of Le'Veon Bell and the way that like he will literally like hang out behind the offensive line for so long. You're like, what the hell are you doing? And then he'll just burst off for like yeah. 30 yards. So yeah, his patience, his field vision are amazing. Everything else is good, not great. Hence why he's being slept on. But that could be like a mid-round steal in this year's draft. My final uh, offensive sleeper is Cade Stover, the tight end at Ohio State. Remember, I looked this up. I come. This is why I looked up his height. This is the guy I was talking about earlier because I was watching his tape. My God, this looks familiar. I literally had checked the title. I was like. I'm really what I'm not rewatching a video I watched a couple months ago because Cade Stover is Dalton Kincaid 2.0. There you go. Okay. He is, and here's the crazy thing. So this is why I looked up his height. He has the same height as Dalton Kincaid. He is five pounds lighter than Dalton Kincaid. And Ohio State uses him the exact same way Utah used Dalton Kincaid, in which case he's whenever he's a tight end or his receiver, he almost never lines up next to the line. He's always almost always out wide. And he's, you know, he's lacking a little bit of top end speed. And there are a couple of reasons stats haven't been that great. Um, that's why he's, you know, slipping, given current projections to the uh, third or fourth round. I think if he breaks out this year, he could end up being a late first round pick. Wow. 
Okay. Okay. Interesting. So I'm going to run through mines pretty quick here. So you're talking about the tight end position. I'm going to start at the very top of the tight end position in this year's draft class. Uh, Brock Bowers, the tight end at the University of Georgia. Uh, Easily the best tight end on the board. And I think he's just got an impressive skill set that's going to translate so well to the next level. The only thing that I can sort of see that could be a problem that I think he can improve in, in his, in his last year, most likely here at Georgia is that he needs to improve on just his blocking skill. So he's a very gifted receiver. He's built like a wide receiver as well. So he's not got that. He doesn't have that big body as a tight end. So he's more of that receiving threat. So if he can improve his blocking skills in this final season, I think for sure he's a lock to be the first tight end off the board. I think even if he does it, he's the first tight end off the board for sure. So he's got a lot yeah. of great talent. Going to be a great piece at the next level. Um, the running back position, I'm going to go with Raheem Sanders the, uh, out of the University of Arkansas. Just That's arguably, I'll be just this like, guy's looking good. At, so looking at different running backs, obviously we're going to wait to see how this draft class separates itself. But right now, a lot of people are saying that he is the best running back in this year's draft class. I mean, he's just got that great dual threat ability that he brings to the Razorback offense. Um, the only thing that I can sort of see as a problem is that instead of trying to avoid contact to sort of make those big plays, he's always looking to sort of truck the defender and just sort of power through a lot of guys, show his power and show his sort of like, you know, ability to sort of get through defenders. So a lot of times that can sort of lead to a lot of a traffic jam and that could cause a lot of trouble as far as him being piled up on then. And that could possibly lead to some injuries depending on who lands on him, obviously. But just if he's able to sort of avoid those more often and sort of go for where the open space is, that could totally benefit him and be sort that all every down back that you sort of want as far as being that power guy as well as that speed guy as well as that home run threat guy as well also known as the Garrett blunt syndrome yeah very true very very true like impressive there's speaking a lot of, of injuries over- speaking of injuries and it looked impressive there are times where he absolutely demolishes a guy and then he keeps going but there's a lot of times where that defenders were able to stick with him and bring him down so it's just like you need to be able to sort of avoid those as well so yeah raheem sanders got some time to work out there um i'm gonna go with my sleepers here you're talking about receivers i think this guy could sleep into slip into the, maybe the second round based on where he's currently projected this is johnny wilson the wide receiver out of yet, Florida. yet State. another guy in that five-man race and it's insane because you look at his measurables six seven 235 pounds like this guy is a physical freak at the wide receiver position he's just got great natural abilities to sort of track the ball downfield he's got good route running abilities but that's the big problem with johnny wilson that hopefully he could improve in his next season here at florida state everything is good but nothing is great there's some things that he could improve on that can make him a great wide receiver as far as his route running as far as his catching as far as his blogging is concerned as well but a lot a lot of potential there with johnny wilson then the other guy i know you already brought bishop running back i'm bringing up the other one the guy that was sort of highly talked about last year unfortunately dealt with the knee injury that prevented him from going out the draft he stayed for one more year that's blake corum i think he's got a lot of talent unfortunately like i said that knee injury prevented him from entering last year's draft i think entering this year he could sort of put the injuries be- behind him and sort of prove that he still has that skill set that he displayed last year this year now i think he'll be one of the top running backs off the board for sure Corum's one of those tough things, and this is why I think Donovan Edwards uh, is actually one of my sleepers because I think he's you know could rise up. I define a sleeper as a guy that is really good that could rise up boards. I don't know sure. what your definition is, but um, not saying yours is wrong, but I'm just saying we may have two different definitions. Um, but I think that if Corum is a little slow coming back, Donovan Edwards may finally have a shot at being the number one guy in Michigan because if he was with anybody else – like any other team, he'd be, you know, right up there with Corum where it's like he could go first, he could go second, but there's no way he's going later than third. And Edwards, for whatever reason, decided to stay. And I do wonder if the injury was why. 
it could be very much the case for sure. But yeah, especially with running back sort of being quote unquote devalued, both these guys, maybe there's not a jet. I don't know if there's going to be a chance that they'll take, take it in the first round, but it's definitely going to be who's going to separate as far as being that first running back off the board in the second round on day two for sure. So Tad, we talked a lot about the offensive players, including that quarterback conversation between Drake May and Caleb Williams. Let's get to the other side of the ball. Let's talk about some defensive players here. So same factors here. Let's talk about some guys that we like as far as being the top of the board and then some sleepers that could possibly slip in and be some sneaky good additions to any squad in the NFL. So you know me. I like the really aggressive guys, and so I picked two super aggressive guys that are currently projected to be first-round picks. The first one, I mean, I'll, I'll say this phrase later, but it is the perfect uh, summary of his game, and that's Javon Bullard who is a cornerback safety hybrid at Georgia. This dude, and this is the phrase I was mentioning, is a heat-seeking missile back there. He reminds me of a smarter Bob Sanders. Not saying Bob (laughs) Sanders was stupid, but the problem was Bob Sanders launched himself around like a rocket, and that was what got him hurt. This guy plays less aggressive than that, but still is super aggressive. And honestly, just for saying he plays less aggressive, I'm kind of scared. He's going to bust through my wall and kill me right now. He, this guy is insane as a, again, corner slash safety last year. He had three and a half sacks, two picks and seven tackles for a loss. Impressive. Impressive. He's five ten. <laughs> it's not fair. So I think the biggest thing with him is where does he line up? Is he a really short safety? Do you line him up at corner and hope that, you know, his, you know, uh, height doesn't play that much of a role, but I think that just someone with that pure aggressiveness mixed with that pure production on the best college football team I have ever seen. Yeah. Take that Alabama. Like I just, I think that this dude is going to be an absolute sub, but because of his size, because of the tweener stuff, he's going to slip in the draft and that is going to be the Derwin James of this year's draft. I'm calling that right now. The other player I really like is uh Jeremiah Trot- uh, Trotter. Now, I'm sure you remember this. I should say this. Jeremiah Trotter Jr. Jr. Yep. That's the qualifier. His dad was an all pro linebacker for the Philadelphia oh, Eagles. Was, what okay. was that? Early 2000s? Early 2000s. He played a little bit with Washington as well, but just, yeah, yeah just oh, such a good dominant Lord. piece. Do not tell me his dad and London Fletcher were on the same team. I think they were. Holy I want to say they were. My God. Man, Dan Snyder was a bad owner. How do you not win with that? <laughs> Anyway, as you give or take. Okay. Yeah, no, please double check that. Cause that would be (laughs) absolutely insane. But let me tell you, talk about junior. Now, Jeremiah, Jeremiah Trier jr. You can tell his dad was all pro because that dude just has natural instincts. I know that is another draft cliche, but like, good God, that man in coverage is crazy. I say man, and I'm about six years older than him because he could kill me with his left hand if he wanted to. He is so good in coverage. He has, I'm not going to say he's like, you know, there's a difference between guys like Bullard who are just like, oh my God, they are just gunning for this guy. He is smart. And this is why I want to see on my middle linebackers is he is smart. He is patient. He is running around the field, looking for the ball until he gets it. And here's the best part of her is I was wondering, I'm like, why is he not being talked about as like an unquestioned number 15 overall pick? So I looked at some scouting reports in there with him and the biggest you know i put those quotes knock on his game is that uh trotter has trouble getting off the uh offensive line so he may not be a great blitzing middle linebacker he had 12 tackles for a loss and six and a half sacks last season and that is trouble for a middle linebacker i will gladly take that 
Absolutely. Like, it, like I dream somehow the Colts end up landing a first round pick from all this Jonathan Taylor bullshit. And we spend one on a receiver and one on Trotter. Cause could you imagine Trotter and Shaq Leonard? Sorry. Yeah. Shaq Leonard. I always get yeah. that in this previous one. Shaq Leonard up. Yeah, not Darius you. Leonard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, those two like next to each other, that would be London Fletcher and Jeremiah, Jeremiah Trotter senior right there. So Jim- I, I love it's very hard for me to say. Um, so no, I think Trotter is uh, by many ranked as the best middle linebacker in this year's draft. And I honest to God, think he is deserving of top 10 consideration. He's not going to go in the top 10 unless somebody reaches, but he should. You want to go into your sleepers now or should no, I? No, I was wondering, do you have the, do you have the Trotter Fletcher news? Yeah, I have the information. Okay, no, that's what I was waiting for. Unfortunately, he didn't play with London Fletcher. That was before his time. He only played two seasons mm, in Washington, but he did play with another really good linebacker at that time. I don't know if you remember him, but LeVar Arrington was a really good oh, linebacker for I Washington. thought he was a safety. No, he was a linebacker huh. as well. So, yeah, the two of them played together for two seasons at Washington. Um, but, yeah, not London Fletcher, but two really good linebackers paired together. Jeremiah Trotter, LeVar Arrington. <laughs> for for a second there, I thought you were gonna go. He played for a really good uh, with a really good safety, Adam Archuleta. And I was gonna no. tell you go fuck yourself. I hate Adam Archuleta. <laughs> One of the thousands of reasons the Rams moved out of St. Louis because he sucked. Him and yeah. Ty Ty Hill, you remember him? I remember Ty Hill. Yeah. Ty Hill. God, I've never seen a corner. That dude gets burned more than Trayvon Diggs. <laughs> anyway, go to my sleepers. I mean, I remember you knew I had to go for it. Josh Newton, the cornerback out of TCU. Come on, I had to do it. But I swear, this is partially for the bit of like me being a homer. But I I actually do think that he has a real potential to go in the top three, even though he's currently projected as a fifth-round pick. I mean, he is super aggressive. He is – it was funny. Again, with these scouting reports, it's it's very clearly early scouting reports – from these people because they were like, Oh, he's a zone coverage only corner. The hell he is. That man is more aggressive than anyone else on that defense and press man coverage. Now here's the problem when he's playing off press, his back pedal, not great. I'll admit that. So he's, he plays a little stiff. He may actually be in fact, a little too aggressive. A lot of the plays I see him make, I'm like, yeah, that'd be a PI in the NFL. So, there are definitely things to work on, but I think this is, he is the very definition of developmental and potential. The other sleeper I have is uh, Cedric Gray, the linebacker out of North Carolina. I do not know how this guy is not in late first round, early second round consideration. He had, get this, 145 combined tackles last year. Wow. 12 tackles for a loss, two interceptions, and three forced fumbles. He is absolutely a force of nature, and I think that he will be one of the fastest risers as the combine process moves on. Yeah, no, those are all great sneaky prospects, and I'm going to get to mine here, and so I'm going to start at the top here with uh, the edge rusher out of Florida State, Jared Verse. A lot of people are talking about this guy being one of the best, if not the best defensive player in this year's draft class. The only thing that I sort of worry about is just, is last year a fluke? Like, can he replicate what he did last year and sort of prove it again this year? Because, Tad, I don't know if you know, but he transferred from the University of Albany, so last year was the first year that he played at Florida State, played in FBS school. I did not know that. 
So that's sort of a big thing because whether last year is just he was able to catch everybody off guard and now heading into this season, people know what to expect from him and sort of can be able to game plan him for better. Or is he the real deal? And he'll be able to do it again this season. So that's the only thing that worries me a little bit about Jared for uh, Jared verse, excuse me, that could drop him down a little bit. I think he's still a first rounder, but just he may not go as high as a lot of people are projecting right now. That reminds me a lot of another Florida State defensive end, uh, Jesus Christ, Jermaine Johnson, who also had similar concerns of like, okay, he's a one-year wonder, and that caused him to slip to where the Jets get him like 12. And I mean, look at that, though. is like, that was an absolute steal for him. By the way, he had a very nice uh, little like montage on Hard Knocks. There you go. There you go. Um, So I got to go to the defensive back position. I'm going to go with uh, the uh, Kool-Aid. McKinstry, I think yeah, probably one bastard. of the coolest you names. St- you stole this, this one from me. <laughs> Out of the University of Alabama, just an instinctive quarter. I mean, he's very adept at reading the opposing receiver's route and be able to mimic it and totally stay with the receiver and be able to defend so much better because of just being able to understand where the receiver is going and be able to stop the receiver doing whatever he wants to do, right? Um, has a chance to be the best quarter in this year's draft class. I mean, he already has one of the best names, so you can follow it up by being one of the best quarters as well. I think he just needs to continue doing what he's already doing, improve on just his recognition skills to an extent, and being a little bit more physical with his hands. I think that was the only things I sort of saw as far as can be improvements. But overall, great skill set. He's going to be a great player at the next level. Uh, going to my sleepers here, I'm going to bring up a guy at UCLA here, Tad, with LEFB Network. I'm going to talk about Laitu Latu, the linebacker from UCLA. Uh, just a gifted linebacker at the Mike linebacker position, so the middle linebacker position. But he can also be brought in to come Come after you in the pass rush as well. Bring down the uh, ball carrier for tackles for loss. Sort of be that utility guy. So kind of like a Shaq letter. Sort of like a Fred Warder with San Francisco where it's like not only can they play the linebacker position and be that field general for you on the defensive side of the ball, but if you needed to come in and be a pass rusher too, he could absolutely do that as well. The only thing that I'll say that he needs to improve on is that he plays with his instincts a little bit too much. So he sort of needs to develop a little bit more as far as his recognizing the plays and being a little bit more understanding about everything that's going around him to make sure that he can make the smart plays instead of just relying on pure instincts and sort of lucking into a play instead of actually knowing what is going on. So that's one of the big things with him that he can improve on heading into this year. Real quick on him. I love that that's your analysis because you want to know who he kind of, and again, not saying this is the perfect comparison, but you want to know who Ty reminds me of? And I'm blanking on his name, of course, as soon as I say it. Fantastic. Oh, man. Uh, not Miles Murphy. I know that's wrong. Not Cle- uh, The Clemson defensive end that you and I both agreed would do the exact same thing where he was just rabid going to the backfield. And then he would just be like, where's the quarterback? Brian Breeze? No, it wasn't Brian Breeze. It was the, the other one. Um, what's the other one that went in the first round? I'm blanking on him too. See, okay, so we'll look at that. Up. That's <laughs> real. Clearly, we are like ejecting all the 2023 yeah. info. Now we're in 2024. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but anyway, no, I completely agree with that. It's like he's just such a freak athlete that it's just like okay, but relax. Yeah. And exactly. so, and another thing, I, I sorry, I was like half listening because I was trying to remember this guy's name. Um, ten and a half sacks last year in the Pac-12 against some very good offensive lines. I know you said, you know, USC's offensive line wasn't great, but like they were still good enough where that's a very, very impressive stat right there. So he's only being really considered as a second round pick from what I saw, which is shocking. 
All right, so Tad, while you look up that name for us, I'm going to get to my other sleeper pick here on the defensive side. Uh, The defensive tackle out of Cincinnati, Dante Corleone. So he's currently ranked as PFF's, one of PFF's top 10 defensive tackles uh, and just absolute physical freak. Like, I mean, you're breaking my heart. He's absolutely just a physical guy. I mean, he's just got a great blend of speed and then also size. I mean, he's one of those guys that's like, obviously he could defend the run because of his size and his ability to sort of get off the block. But also he's able to, he's got some nifty moves. He's got the speed. He's got the lateral quickness to get by the offensive line, but get to the backfield to stop the ball carriers as well as be effective in the pass rush as well. So, I mean, this guy can sort of be that utility guy. Um, one of the things that he just needs to improve on is his hand skills. He's not as good at sort of pushing defenders off, uh, pushing uh, offenders off, I should say specifically. Um, and also like his snap off the ball recognition that it's not as sharp as it needs to be. So these are a few things that he can improve heading into this year. But a lot of people are projecting this guy to be a mid third round possibly early fourth round guy but with the skill set that he has and the blend of just size and speed and if he could sort of have a good season this year he could easily shoot up to the second round as far as being a very talented piece on anybody's defensive line there so tab were you able to get that name for us miles murphy 28th pick by the cincinnati Bengals. Miles Murphy, there you go. There you go. That doesn't, so, feel, that doesn't feel right for some reason. Yeah, no, I get you. I get you. So, Tab, we're going to close out this episode. I know a lot of the conversation goes to some of these bigger schools like your Georgias, your Alabamas, your Clemsons, your, you know, Pac-12s, so a USC, you know, to an extent too. But just let's sort of give the other schools a little bit of recognition here. Uh, your group of five schools or your non-power five conferences. Let's highlight some prospects in those conferences in those schools. Like who are some guys that can sort of make a name to themselves this season and in the draft process heading into next year's draft. So the first one I'll bring up is cause I've been hearing this guy's name since last year. He was getting a little bit, out, no one thought he would declare last year, but people were like, this is a guy to look out for. And that is uh Tory Horton who is a receiver out of Colorado state. And, um, you know, I, I'll admit before, uh, prepping for this episode, I, I read about him a little bit. I didn't really watch any of his tape. And the more I watch him, I'm like, okay, I, I see the promise here. I'm not going to say he's like amazing. He's the top sleeper, but he just makes things look so damn easy. It's like, he just, he glides, he glides is the best, uh, you know, nice. adjective I can come up nice. with or verb. Okay. I guess it's a verb. Um, <laughs> you know, he just, he's one of those speedsters who he doesn't even, his route running needs a lot of work. Cause he doesn't really do any, he just kind of runs and he right. finds himself open. Um, I swear to God, it's not just because he wears the number 14 and he's tall and skinny. Just the way he plays reminds me a lot of George Pickens. So okay. the only thing in those is production's a little lower than you prefer for someone at that level. Uh, but he isn't, uh, you know, a player to keep an eye out on this guy, this next guy. I absolutely am obsessed with him and I need to find his tape. So help me God. I will email this athletic department for tape of him because I need to know because <laughs> I can't find anything except for his highlight videos and highlight videos is not good. Depending yeah. on the tape. But you can tell from like a lame highlight video of like, okay, this is just your average receiver to like a guy where you're like, oh my God. And plus, I mean, Emmer, it's, we're talking small school NFL draft. A South Dakota state player had to make this list. Oh yeah. I like to think he so. absolutely sure. did. And that is Isaiah Davis, the running back. And look, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I did the thing. I did the thing. The first play on his highlight video, the first one I watched, cause I watched multiple is it's a white guy. We're number 22. In the shotgun. They <laughs> hand it off. He breaks off a massive run untouched for like six yards. I'm like, okay, so we got McCaffrey. 
I did the thing. But anyway, of course, the very next play on the highlight drive, they do the same thing. Shotgun handoff runs up the middle, but this time I, and I'm still trying to find like an NFL comparison in my head because like his body, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but sure. like people it's one of those things where they're just like bouncing off him. And I just don't wonder it. Like it's not quite Barry Sanders. Cause he kind of avoided people, but yeah, like what, here. Mm-hmm. almost I, again, I want to say like Adrian Pearson. That's that's too much hype. But like it's it's one of those things where like you just don't understand how those tackles aren't being made. And that's why I want to see this guy's hype, uh, this guy's tape because is that just his best plays or is that actually what he's normally like? Because if that's normally what he's like, I'm telling you, man, from what I've seen, he's got the it factor. This guy could be my new draft crush that our listeners are so sick of come April, and he <laughs> slips in the sixth round just like Dwayne McBride. But I'm really? telling you, if what I find is consistent. This guy is special, and I'm telling you, he could be the best sleeper in next year's draft. Isaiah Davis. Look it up. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, I actually remember Isaiah Davis now that you brought it up here with South Dakota State. Because I remember we were watching tape of uh, Tucker Craft, the tight end from South mm-hmm. Dakota State. Yep. Oh, I remember, right. like, we him did talk block- about that, didn't we? And I remember him making some blocks, obviously, in the in the offense, obviously, for South Dakota State. And I remember the running back going. And I was like, oh, this running back actually has got some skills. But I was focusing more on Tucker on Craft. Crap, and now yeah. that you're sort of bringing this up here, it's sort of like bring back some memories as far as like, I do remember seeing some flashes. But yeah, obviously, we'll need to see some full-on tape to see if, like, like you said, just everything that you're sort of laying out about him, just being able to avoid tackles by just running through him or whatever it is, just people missing tackles on him. Not even missing. That's true Literally, or it's like, like yeah. jumping on him and for, like, some explicable reason just bouncing right off it's like they had the, the old halo 3 shield around him <laughs> it's possible it's possible God, so yeah, hopefully we can watch reference. some more tape yeah Good that's Lord. data reference there um so all right so you got two sleepers there two uh sorry not two sleepers but just two nod power five prospects for you i'm gonna give you a couple here uh we're gonna go through them relatively quickly so you're talking about jeremiah trotter jr about having a very good uh uh very famous father who Definitely had a sensational career at the NFL level. I'm going to talk about Frank Gore Jr. Oh, fuck Other Mississippi old. talking about his dad. Obviously, a huge uh, uh, fan of Frank Gore. Obviously, making a huge career for himself with the Niners. Obviously, played for Indianapolis Colts as well. Played for the Dolphins a little bit too, but just... What a fantastic runner. Very patient. He's able to just sort of stick his uh, foot in the ground and make it wherever the hole is. Be patient enough to fight it. Once he hits it, he is gone. He's got the speed. He's got that sort of missed tackle ability too. And... All of that I'm seeing in his son. Like, I mean, Frank Gore Jr. sort of see, I see all of that as well. I haven't well. watched any of his tape. So is he actually good or is this like a, uh, no, no. I've seen a lot of his highlights from last year. And obviously I'm going to watch a lot of his tape this year as we sort of go through the process. But the one thing I'll say that Frank Jr. have Frank Gore Jr. has over his dad is that he's got a little bit more speed than his dad does. Well, so, I mean, so I, do, so do we. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, so I Frank, think definitely Frank that Gore, led- compiler. Oh yeah. Okay. Sure. Sure. <laughs> um, but just what I see with Frank Gore Jr., just the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Like, I mean, this guy's got all the pedigree that you had with Frank Gore Sr., and now you're getting a Frank Gore Jr. He's going to be an excellent piece at the next level for any offense. Um, I'm going to go to the defensive backs, the quarterback position, the University of Toledo, Quinion Mitchell. So, I mean, this guy is just an excellent size, a prototypical size for a quarter. He's coming to get six foot, roughly 200. Obviously, take that with the greatest all based on measurements at your various schools, obviously. Uh, but just aggressive quarter he's got a nose for the football he had a ton of pass deflections last year tad he recorded a four interception game last year against northern illinois and he had 13 pass deflections in that same game like i don't know why they kept testing him but he kept proving him wrong 
He just had a sensational game. Uh, this guy hold clearly on, hold has. On, hold on, hold on. My my headphones are going wrong. You said game. You meant season. No, no, no. Game. In one game, he had four interceptions and 13 pass deflections. I have no idea why they kept testing him. I may have to go back and find that tape to see why they kept testing him. But, I mean, this guy definitely has that skill set to sort of – it translated through the rest of the season as well, but he pretty much put all of his tape into that one game. So that sort of says a little bit something too. That's sort of as to why he's sort of like being under the radar. Can he make that sustain across the entire season? That's the big thing that we're going to wait and see with Mitchell. But blazing speed, he's got the aggressiveness. Can he put it all together to rise up the board? I think he can. Let's see if it happens here in 2023. And the uh, Colts take him with their fourth round pick that we get for Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> Let's see if that actually happens. Um, now I'm going to go to the Ivy Leagues, Tad. I'm going to talk about an offensive tackle for the University of Yale. Go Bulldogs. Uh, Kieran Omegaji. I'm pretty sure I'm saying that incorrectly. I'll figure out how to I'm say it. Asking as we the way closer. wrong, dude. I know I'm asking you the wrong person here, but I'll figure out how to say it probably a lot better as we get closer to the draft season here. Uh, but just he anchored the offensive line here, Tad, for uh, University of Yale, like I said, that led the Ivy Leagues in rushing yards and total offense. This guy was a starting left tackle for them. He was the first team all FCS for them as well. And I mean, just he could be just a dangerous prospect if he continues to build on that successful season that he had last year into this season. A lot of people are projecting him to go somewhere in that third or fourth round. So, I mean, this is a guy that just, even though he's going to a small school as far as football is concerned in the Ivy Leagues at Yale, I think just with the talent that he has, protecting somebody's blind side for lots of these quarterbacks, I think a lot of people are going to be looking at that to see, like, can he make that uh, Can he make that transition from the college level to the NFL level? I think he has. He's got the good size. He has no problem getting out of his stance to get to the second level as well. So he's got that good blend of spot, size as well as speed. So, I mean, yeah, watch out for this guy out of Yale. Could be just, a good difference maker. Just remember, if you're watching someone's blind side, don't give royalties to your family. Oh, gosh. I really thought we would avoid that topic. <laughs> but, all right. All right. I'm just going to blow by it. I'm going to get to my last prospect. <laughs> that was <here>. great. <laughs> that was masterful. Uh, the last prospect I'm going to bring up here is Jason Henderson, the linebacker out of Old Dominion. Tad, he led the FBS in total tackles with 186. Now, you look at that number, you're like, okay, that's pretty impressive. But when you look at the guy who came in second, that was Sean Dolak, the linebacker out of Buffalo. He had 147. So he absolutely set Damn. himself apart Damn. as far as being number one and number two with Sean Dolak. So, I mean, just he really possesses the instincts to play the position. He obviously was able to rack up a ton of stats for Old Dominion. He's going to come into the season with a lot of people scouting him as far as, like, can he make that transition? Very similar to what I was talking about with a mega G out of Yale. Can he make that transition going from a small school to the NFL level playing at Old Dominion? But he has the ice stings. He's got the high-level IQ. Let's just see if he can sort of continue that here. 2023 but there's another guy to sort of look out for jason henderson linebacker out of old dominion so all right real quick rapid fire give me at least two guys at least and that's why i need to tell my students that means no less than two but possibly more <laughs> guys that you could see rising up boards no explanation needed uh michael Pettix jr i mean we look at the quarterback Love that. position Love that i think pick. Depending on the season that he has, he has to put the injury concerns behind him. If he could do that, if he has a successful season, I like him to rise up the board to so be that number three quarterback possibly. I was just no, it's not, wow, that was <laughs> exactly. that was synchronous right there. No, I, he is right now as of now he is my third favorite quarterback. Uh, another guy that I'm gonna bring up is Damian. I, I even wrote it phonetically and I still said it wrong. Damian, 
Damian Chop Robinson, the defensive end edge rusher out of Penn State. I mean, very similar to Micah Parsons. He's just got a lot of raw talent. If he can refine that in this upcoming season, he's currently projected as sort of being a middle day two type of guy. But if he has a successful season, he could put up a season that Micah Parsons had in his final year at Penn State. This guy will shoot up the boards and he could end up being an end of the first round type of prospect. And the last guy that I want to bring up is Tyler Davis, the defensive tackle out of Clemson. Big body defender, very similar to Robinson, though, is that he's got a lot of raw skill. Can you refine that and become more perfectionist, like, uh, you know, just become a lot better of an all-around defender. Uh, equally skilled at stopping the ball uh, as far as the run game is concerned, as well as getting into the pass rushing lanes to stop the pass rush as well, but just needs to figure out his read and recognition skills a little bit better and getting the ball, uh, getting off the snap a little bit better too. But those are guys that I can see rising up boards for sure in this upcoming draft. I cannot wait to relate that name that was amazing uh well i'll just say mine too real quick as well as uh ad mitchell uh he actually has a, a first name ad is his nickname i don't know how to pronounce his first name but he is a uh <laughs> transfer from georgia to texas who should be okay. the uh number two behind worthy so i think that is a name definitely wor worth looking out for that a lot of people are like oh this guy could be good and this one is more just like just morbid curiosity tyler van dyke People forget he was getting first round. Miami, yeah. yeah, he was getting first round hype after his uh, after he won freshman rookie of the year, whatever people call it, different things of the ACC. Last year he was terrible, but it was funny because last year everybody was like, "What's wrong with his accuracy?" It came out he had a pretty significant uh, shoulder injury, and that obviously will affect your accuracy. So if Tyler Van Dyke, with by the way, who's Miami's coach? Do you know? No idea. Mario Cristobal. Oh, so former uh, Oregon coach, right? Mm -hmm, exactly. So hence why Miami got him. It was just like, okay, there you go. Um, so if Chris Ball can finally get his system going and Van Dyke can stay healthy, don't be surprised if Van Dyke plays himself into the second round. Could happen. Could happen. So I always sort of went through a lot of prospects here, Tab, but that was obviously what we talked about at the beginning of the episode. We're going to give you a lot of names. We're this, was, very this was a rough level. episode with a, with a cough. <laughs> We're getting, we gave you a lot of days. We went very surface level with a lot of these guys. As we sort of mentioned, we're going to go into the season, obviously watch a lot more tape on a lot of these guys, and obviously a lot of guys that we didn't get a chance to mention as well. So, I mean, this is just the beginning of the draft season, obviously, with NFL. Uh, NFL season obviously kicking off in a couple of weeks, but the college football season is kicking off this weekend. And so, yeah, we're definitely in tune with both the NFL season as well as the college football season to got you covered on both fronts there. So, we Took a little bit of a quick detour here talking about college football here, Tad. But obviously our main you can, goal. You can which, only talk fancy so often. In the, in the preseason. In the preseason. In the Once pre the season gets started, we're good. But we just yeah. got – when is kickoff? September 9th? That's September 7th. 7th. Ooh, two more days. Two days earlier is what I meant. Okay, sure. <laughs> well, two days earlier than what I thought. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. I was like, it's still a couple weeks away, buddy. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> we're getting close. We're getting close. We definitely are getting close. But as mentioned, this was just a quick detour talking about some college football and the NFL draft, uh, 2024 NFL draft. But we're jumping right back into the fantasy content for sure. We got you covered with all the great fantasy advice to get you prepared for all your NFL fantasy drafts. Um, a lot of people draft during Labor Day, people drafting the weekend before. So, I mean, this is draft season now. So, yeah, make sure you're interacting with us. You see the ticker down below. Hit us up on all our social media handles. You got me at Other Side 23. You got Tad, Tad, Side 94. You got the show handle 
at the decide guys obviously on instagram as well at the decide guys so hit us up with all of your questions pertaining to the draft talking about strategies talking about after your draft is over what do you think about your art what do you think about your respective roster we'll give your opinions we'll think about trade advice i mean waiver advice oh, I mean, oh, everything that's going on 100% we are here to help you win title. That is the big thing that we want to stress here every single podcast episode. We want to help you win your titles, whichever league that you're playing in. We have advice for any league that you're playing in. I mean, me and Tad are playing in so many different leagues. We're playing in leagues together. We're playing in leagues separately. So, I mean, we have a lot of advice to give you. Make sure you're taking advantage of that. Make sure you subscribe or to your podcast, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You'll listen right on the LFP Network website as well. So, make sure you just hit subscribe. Always be up to date with our podcast. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button so always up to date with our videos as well. And always make sure you're supporting our parent network, LAFP Network. They're giving you a lot of great content. We talked about it. USC is kicking off this weekend. They're playing by Alba Mater and San Jose State, so there's going to be a lot of great content talking about that. But obviously they got you covered with the UCLA Bruins as well, so they got you covered on the college level and the pro level with the Rams and the Chargers on the professional level. So make sure you support them with all the various social media channel, channels, reading the website, subscribe to podcast anything and everything there but guys as mentioned we're here to help you win fantasy titles make sure you're interacting with us we'd love to interact with you and to everybody who's already doing that reading articles listening to the episodes watching us on youtube i mean just anything and everything in between guys we really can't thank you enough for the love of god man breathe <laughs> Let's get jesus yeah. it's like listening to auctioneer it's, really, it's <laughs> impressive don't get me wrong it is impressive okay. yeah, good. It, it's pretty good um so, yeah, like Amir said, obviously we have plenty more fantasy football stuff headed your way, so do not worry about that, especially with draft season coming up. We are yeah, subscribed to Soap Subscribed, I guess. Or we have joined so many leagues, I'm probably going to yeah. miss some drafts because there's just no possible way. There's no overlap. <laughs> but uh, you know what? Those are the sacrifices we make for what we love. Um, <clears throat> the only last thing I wanted to say was uh, if you liked our episode, if you like – Talk, if you're like me and you love talking draft as the college football season goes on, this is not a one-time thing. We will drop in, not often, but every now and then we will drop in with, okay, how That's is the – yeah, exactly. Like just you know, the, the sprinkles on the Sunday. Um, we will come in every now and then and discuss. Unfortunately, look, there will be major injuries. I don't wish it on anyone, but it's gonna happen. How does that affect so and so uh stock? How's that going? Draft order. Like we said, no one's ever, or I shouldn't say ever, but very rarely do people predict who the first team in the first overall pick is going to be. So stuff like that. We're going to have fun with it. So if you want more draft stuff, feel free to send us ideas, but also do not worry because we will keep checking in periodically. want to put emphasis on that throughout the fall with the latest draft and college football news. So as always, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching and please stay safe. Oh,